This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is MMA fighter Nick Newell, who is currently 14-2. and two. Nick, how's it going? Good, good. I'm, uh, I'm really happy to be on the podcast. Yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. So let's just jump right into it. Could you tell me a little about uh, you growing up and how you got into wrestling? Okay, so um, growing up as a kid, my, I always loved martial arts movies or anything action-based. So Jean-Claude Van Damme movies I think were my favorite. Well, I know were my favorite. And then I loved anything with Arnold or Stallone. Just anything family and action I was super into. I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle growing up. <laughs> I used to like try to like climb in manholes. And uh, my family used to have to watch me to make sure I didn't actually jump into the sewer. <laughs> so the other thing that I loved was WWE. Yeah. So I know a lot of people will make fun of it or whatever if they speak. But, you know, as a, as a kid, that was amazing to me. That was like the best thing that there was and, and still I still to this day like love it you know like I, I don't I don't follow it like I used to but I, I respect the impact that it had on my life so when I got to high school one of my friends was like hey I'm gonna join the wrestling team and I kind of was like oh you're gonna you're gonna wrestle and I had wrestled just a little bit just about like one season but I never competed I just practiced because my dad brought me when I was in second grade but I was more interested in like baseball actually and soccer yeah. so I got to high school and, and my friends were using wrestling and I kind of got jealous I was like you're going to wrestle and I was like oh I'll pick you up you know I, I thought that so I, I joined the wrestling team it was like oh it would be good to like know how to do this and also I'm like I'm pretty good like I can kind of scrap with all my friends and, and I'm tough you know and it wasn't really the case I kind of I kind of got my ass whooped you know yeah. And uh, when I first started, so I think I lost like my first 17 matches. But to me, that wasn't like, uh, oh, this is not for me type deal. It was more, uh, wow, like humbling, very humbling and uh, something that grounded me. You know, I, 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 I can never imagine being something so like bad as something as bad as I was and then being like, oh, I suck at this. I'm just going to accept that I suck at it forever. Like, it bothered me. So I was like, I got to get, get good at this. Yeah. So um, I just kept training and training and training. And obviously, I went on and had a state record and school record and became all state and wrestling college and captain my team. So I had, uh, that's basically more than what you asked for from an answer, but it's my wrestling story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that that's what led you to Western New England College uh, for wrestling, right? Yeah, yeah, now Western New England University, but uh, Western New England College, and a uh, great experience. You know, I, I, I love wrestling. It's my favorite sport. So, and, and Western New England is a, a great school, and I had definitely appreciated the, the level of yeah. wrestling that I got there. Yeah, now coming out of college, what, what made you want to turn into a pro MMA fighter? So, just like many, many, many other people, I was a... Uh, I didn't really understand what MMA was. I had watched Ken Shamrock fight a couple of times because, mm-hmm. again, I liked pro wrestling. Yeah. But it wasn't until the Ultimate Fighter Season 1 that I was like, okay, I really am starting to understand what's going on and, and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I just wanted to know how to do what they were doing. And I didn't have any expectation to make anything out of it. It was just something that I thought would be good to know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I started training and started doing my thing, and I still was learning the little intricacies and little things that go into it. And I had a guy that I was training with fight, and I went to the fight, and he was good, but I was noticing all the other fights. And I was like, oh, I could beat these guys up. And again, I got kind of jealous of you know, I, I don't think that's the appropriate reaction to have jealousy, you know, but I definitely was. I saw that and I was like, oh, I could 100% beat these guys up. So I had to talk with my coach and we did what it took to get me ready and, and I started fighting. Gotcha. So you, you went 5-1 and one as an amateur, right? Uh, actually, no. I had a very short amateur career. So I lost my debut at 170 and then I cut down to 155 and, uh, and I went 2-0. But I fought two really good guys. And at the time, there was no athletic commission. So if the promoter said you're good to go, you're good to go. You didn't even need uh, medicines. This was the state that Massachusetts was in. That's wild. And, and when I heard that the athletic commission was going to be introduced, I thought it would be a good idea for me to go pro. The main reason is is because I didn't want them to say, oh, well, he can fight amateur, but pro is a different beast. I wanted to get pro wins under my belt before the athletic commission came. So I could be like, hey, look, I'm a professional, yeah. and I'm already winning pro fights, so how are you going to tell me that I can't do this? I was worried about that. So that's exactly what I did. And then I registered some pro wins, and you know, from then on out, I was a professional fighter. Yeah, definitely. What, could you, what was your uh, first pro fight like? My first pro fight was in Plymouth, Massachusetts for a league called Cage Fighting Extreme. I fought this guy, Dan Ford, who was like, a, he was a karate guy. Yeah. So, um, obviously, he was lacking in the ground. I came out, I threw a head kick at him, but I slipped and fell, and then he rushed me, and I ended up taking him down, getting on top, and pounding him out in the first round. Yeah, so you remember every fight exactly, huh? Yeah, I mean, I remember <laughs> parts of fights. Yeah. You know, general, like... I mean, when you fight, everything kind of slows down. So five minutes feels like five hours, for me at least. Yeah. So I, I, I tend to remember the details. I, though I don't really like to watch my fights, um, even when I win, I don't watch them. I know I should, but I, I just don't like to. Um, so I don't, and I know I should. People will tell me I, but I just have my coaches watching it for me and, and breaking things down. So I, I, for years, I was like, oh, yeah, I hit a, uh, I hit X-Guard in a fight. And, and someone was like, no, you didn't. You hit X-Guard. And I was like, yeah, man, I did X-Guard. X-Guard, and I got back to my feet. And then I watched it, and I definitely did not do X-Guard and get back to my feet. So I remember most details, but I don't remember all. Do you, do you have any uh, favorite fights? Uh, I mean, obviously, the, my favorite probably is when I won the XFC title. Yeah. Because, you know, it was, it was like a near-perfect fight. It was a near-perfect fight, and at the time, the guy I fought was on, like, a really good role. role. He beat, had beaten a lot of very, very good fighters, and I was unproven, and really no one thought that I could do it, yeah. except for my team. My team told me exactly what was going to happen, and, and to be quite honest with you, I didn't believe it myself. Everyone looks at me as this guy that's, like, just a beast and always believes in himself but like I do believe in myself because of what I've been through but I haven't always believed in myself so I was nervous and I was scared and, and I, I honestly didn't know if I was going to win going into it but I just kind of just said screw it I'm going to bite down on my mouthpiece and go out there and, and do my thing 
and that's what and that's what I did. So so after that fight, did you have a whole new confidence? Yeah, I definitely had a, um, a little bit more confidence in myself and my abilities. You know, it, it's good. You know, I learned a lot because I ended up going, you know, I, I ended up only winning really two matches my freshman year in high school in wrestling. And then I trained all year. Everyone was going to parties. You know, I was training all summer, yeah. every year. And then my senior year, I won 53 matches, you know. So it's like that taught me the value of hard work and, and standing out and being being different. And people look at me because I have one hand and are like, oh, my God, it's amazing yeah. that he does that. But that's not what's special about me. My, my The thing that's special is my consistency and, and my attitude. And I'm always going to try to learn and, and get better. I appreciate the value of hard work because nothing has come easy to me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you, and I know you started out 11-0, and 0 and then you suffered your first loss versus Justin Gaethje, but what did that fight like teach you about yourself? I mean, really, if you watch me fight, I don't get hit a lot. I have very good footwork with, with my feet, yeah. but that fight I evaded, and they did, and it taught me that I need to kind of relax a little bit, because when I first started the fight, I was tuning them up and I was landing all these shots but I was too anxious and too like rigid and I was throwing to finish and I kind of like put too much in it and I couldn't pick the appropriate time to step back off the gas pedal and, and reassess and uh, it also showed me that you know I was I was tough I could take a shot and, and keep fighting so I appreciate that fight I appreciate my, my losses just as much as my wins you know in this game if you're not first you're last you know but if you can't lose gracefully and learn a lesson from it then you're never going to get better yeah definitely does it say something about him that he's like a star in the ufc now yeah i mean obviously when he fights two guys that are top 10 in the world and i gave him a better fight than those guys it means something mma math doesn't always work like that but i mean i don't know it feels it feels good to see like hey guys you think i'm i'm out of my element well look i've only ever lost the guys that were undefeated at the time you know and and justin's lost since then but he's proven himself to be a solid top 10 fighter maybe even top five yeah definitely and i know after that you went on to win two more and and that was your i think that was the first time you fought in connecticut as a pro right yeah so after that i went on and won my next two fights in in connecticut and it was a big deal for me yeah because i'm from connecticut you know so to be able to finally after traveling all over the world to fight be able to finally come home and win fights was key for me you know it was it was good it was something that although i was fighting here there i was going to canada i was going to la i was fighting in nashville i was fighting in florida it was good to be finally home and a lot of my friends will fly out to my fights but it was good for them to not have to do that yeah yeah definitely and then what what made you retire in 2015 and then come back in 2018 (laughs) okay so the truth is there's no solid answer for that right sometimes it just comes down to how you feel so at the time i felt like i was at a standstill i I had been getting injured a lot every fight camp and and my body was hurting and i was pushing through to fight because i needed the money Mm. you know and if i didn't do it and i didn't fight then i made no money and i had a a condo that i bought you know i I mean obviously i I, it's like i didn't go above my means but i needed to take care of myself right i lived at home honestly till i was 29 and i slept in my coach's basement you know so i I was like you know what i'm almost 30 years old i'm gonna buy um, my own place so i did and 
I, I lost the gagey and I sat out for like a year waiting for another fight. And the, the money just wasn't consistent enough for me to feel comfortable going into my 30s. I didn't want to be this like guy in, that's 40 years old that doesn't know what he's going to do next because he's just like, oh, I'm just going to fight and just BS around, you know. And mm -hmm. so I was like, I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to get my body healed up. I'm going to get my body recovered. I'm going to open up my own gym. And then if I decide to fight again, um, it'll be on my own terms and I won't have to do it because of the money I'll do it because of the love yeah. and uh, and that's exactly what happened yeah and what is, what is this your third or fourth year going into owning your own gym yeah we uh, Fighting Arts Academy CT in West Haven Connecticut it's a branch of the Springfield Massachusetts Fighting mm -hmm. Arts Academy and we've been open for three years since April April 2nd was the day we went in business in what's that 2016 yep so yeah we've been open a little over three years and, uh, you know, we had some great results. Yeah, what's uh, what's your experience been like coaching now? Uh, it's definitely has its challenges, but it really helps improve my technique because I'm really watching everyone and everything and, and breaking down all the techniques I've been doing so I can teach them better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now going back to, so 2018, you got you got the itch to fight again? Is that what happened? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> 2018, I was helping guys train for fights and training and I was like basically in fight shape and doing well, you know, and I said, you know what, I need to do this again. I don't want to, I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to grow up and be like, oh man, I could have done this or I could have done that. Like whether I can do it or not won't bother me as long as I know that I gave it everything I had to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, your first fight back, you, you won by submission in the first round and then you got on Dana White's contender series. So how did that come about? Like, how did you get on the Dana White contender series? Um... So I fought and I won and I was complaining that I needed to be in the UFC. Uh, so nothing, I didn't hear anything, you know, and honestly, I've known him for a long time. I still have like the hardest time saying his name, but, um, Ali, everyone knows Ali yeah, yeah, called, yeah. called me up and, uh, and he's like, brother, 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 <laughs> let me tell you something. I'll get you, I'll get you, I'll get you in. So I was like, listen, this, I've been working at this a long time. Like if you can get me a meeting with Dana White, I'll, you know, I'd appreciate it. So he did, he got me a meeting and then, you know, we convinced him to get me, give me a shot on the contender series so that's basically how it happened he called me up and promised me that he would make it happen and, and he did so you know that's, that's that's basically how i got on he used some of the leverage he had and uh from some of the guys he has and and used it to get me an opportunity gotcha and what, what was it like just to get the opportunity to fight in front of him uh i don't really care about stuff like that you know my goal obviously is the big shows yeah, yeah. i want that ufc fight or that main card bellator msg fight yeah. or that japan on new year's fight you know I, I want those things but for me to do that i'm treating it the same whether i'm fighting in a room with no one like i was on the contender series or mm -hmm. a packed stadium with everyone screaming my name it's it makes no difference there's still someone in front of you and you have to fight that person yeah definitely was that wait was that weird just fighting in the, like a crowd full of room like how many people were there like less than 50 like a hundred maybe yeah. but here's the thing you do that in practice all the time right yeah that's true so i, I fight people in, in practice and i'll practice and a fight aren't the same thing yeah 
And as much as I like to say, like, oh, being in a, a room like that and having no one in the crowd really threw me off, and, and that's why that's why I lost, because of my head was out of it, and I thought it was weird. But, like, the truth is, I didn't really care or notice the difference. Um, I actually liked it, because I could, I could hear my coach a little bit better. Um, and it, it wasn't a big deal. You know, it just wasn't my night more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you got a big fight coming up May 31st, CES 56 versus Calvin Halney 17-5. So what should we expect? So um, this is a this is the kind of fight I asked for. Yep. You know, I'm 14-2 and two as a pro, and a lot of these guys don't want to take the risks. They, they don't want to fight someone tough. They mm-hmm. want to make it to the big show, so they, they won't take any risks. And uh, my last fight was to a wrestler, so I wanted to fight another wrestler. And uh, I wanted someone that had experience that I have a lot to gain off of, of winning. Someone with a good record yep. and lots of experience. So um, his name was presented, and that was a fight that I, I really liked because it's a challenge. You know, 17 and 5 is, is no joke. Yep. You you can't, uh, you can't get a record like that if you suck. And if you're going to fight the guys on the big show, you have to fight tough guys. You can't just not fight tough guys and then mm-hmm. hop in there and be like, oh, finally a tough guy. Like, mm-hmm. you you got to build your way up the ladder, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I like those those gritty fights. I, I want to have to dig deep. I, I obviously don't want to lose an inch the whole fight. I want to win the entire fight. Mm-hmm. But it's not the worst thing ever if maybe you lose a little bit of the round or he has his moments, you know? Uh, stuff like that builds character. And I like being in those bad situations because then I have to dig deep and show how good I am you know so for me this was a was a great fight because I feel like I obviously he has more to gain from it because I'm a bigger draw and a bigger name but honestly on on my half I have a lot to gain from it it's very motivating for me because of uh, the style of fight he has is something you know that that I like that no one really wants to fight wrestlers ever and I I don't care I'll, I'll, I'll do it yeah. And his record's good, so for me to build this up, if if we did like my last ten opponents are like ninety and thirty or something crazy like that, their records when I fought them. Yeah. So it's something that I, I like and I want. Yeah, that's funny that you said that because I remember I tweeted you back when somebody said uh, they don't do that, and then they did it with I think it was uh, I think it was Clarissa Shield or somebody like a boxer. They did it with the total numbers. Remember? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just I just went full Highlander yeah. mode, and I was like. <laughs> If I absorb the losses of the people that beat me and absorb the wins of the people that I beat, my record would be 102 and 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, a few more. Uh, what advice would you give uh, a kid that has to overcome obstacles? I mean, there's really there's really nothing nothing you can do, you know. Um, you can be a victim of your circumstances or you can create your own. And you know better than anyone that sometimes you just got to say, screw it, like this is what I have and this is what I got to work with and and I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to make a name for myself despite what I'm facing because the truth is that the world's not fair and sometimes you start the race a little further back and you have to hustle harder and run faster to really get ahead you know you have to you have to push you have to push 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 because there's people that maybe have advantages that you don't have or circumstances 
circumstances that you don't have, but it's about drowning out those circumstances and not using anything as a crutch and making the things you want to happen happen. And if you do everything you can to make it happen and it still doesn't happen, at the end of the day, you, you can hang your head proud, you know, knowing that it's like, okay, I really, really, really invested in this and it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, definitely. Damn, I'm going to take some of those quotes. But, so, like, a lot of the time, you end up doing stuff that you didn't even think that you could do. Like, me, all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I've done so many things. Like, people are like, oh, my God, you always believe in yourself. Like, like I said before, and that's not true. I actually didn't believe in myself, but I said I'm just going to try my hardest anyway. And things happened, and I was like, what the heck? Like, one, one time that uh, kind of a turning point for me was my sophomore year wrestling i had this one guy that pinned me like really quick the year before Mm -hmm. and then i had wrestled him in like club and he killed me and i was like i told my coach i was like don't make me wrestle him he's gonna beat me and my coach flipped out on me (laughs) (laughs) he he like absolutely chewed me a new one and i was like okay i guess i'll go wrestle him and i didn't think that i would do well and i barely lost and then i was like man if i just believe in myself a little bit more I would have won, you know, and mm-hmm. that kind of motivated me. But even after that, I still haven't been perfect, you know, but I, I appreciate the value of hard work. And I think that it, special things happen when you truly believe in yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And then last ones, these are some fun questions. You ready for them? Yep. All right, who's your favorite MMA fighter? Uh, Me. I'll take it. All right, what about WWE wrestler? Like, who do you who do you grow up uh, liking? Okay, so um, or w- you know, I, have I should a, say I have WWF. Are pro wrestlers, um, but when I was growing up, my favorite was Bret Hart, 100. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Right, he gave me his glasses once. All right, I'll take it. What about what, what's on your playlist? Oh man, <laughs> I listen to everything. So I don't really like country music that much, but sometimes a few of them slip through, you know. But for me, it's most like alternative or indie rock and gangster rap those are like my two things you know it's, it's one uh, one end of the spectrum or the other one gotcha what about what's your favorite meme of all time uh <laughs> oh, geez i have so many memes there's one uh it's a guy with like ranch sauce in his pocket and it said you know i keep that thing on me and i don't know why for some reason that makes me laugh like so much every time i see it and like other people will be like nick that's not that funny and i'll be like well you're wrong it's hysterical to me <laughs> i thought one of the, the funniest ones you posted i think i'm pretty sure you posted was when they're wearing the person's wearing like or the guy is wearing the ugg boots and says when you're serious but you're dead ass or something like that uh yeah 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 because it's making fun of like basic basic women and and guys from long island uh what's something people don't know about nick newell i don't know honestly i i kind of put my whole life out there and i really i think sometimes i need to pump the brakes you know but um obviously my favorite thing is is my family and my son and and you know I, i i love my wife and i have like a good thing going on and i used to kind of like to go out and have fun and party and stuff like that but recent in recent years i've i've fallen in love with getting more sleep and going to bed early and being healthy and just really taking care of myself you know but that's like not a a unique trait there's plenty of people that do that (laughs) and i just honestly people ask me what's your hobby what's your hobby and i'm like my hobby is what i do every day fighting is my hobby this is a hobby to me you know (laughs) if it was something else then it wouldn't be as much fun and i wouldn't be as good at it so um 
I spend all my time in the gym, and if I'm not in the gym, I'm, I'm with my family. Gotcha. Would you rather be in a UFC fight or win the lottery? That's that's not a, <laughs> a real question because you didn't say how much money was in the lottery. Right, let's, just, let's just say a million dollars. A million dollars? No, I, I, would, I would fight because there's certain things that I've worked so hard for. My whole my whole life, and to not have that happen would just you know like the money isn't. Yeah. You can always make more money, but making a legacy for yourself and being remembered is harder. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And but if you gave me like fifty million, <laughs> you know, like or like even like twenty million, I'd be like, okay, I'll go. Uh, I'll take this money and then uh, I'll go fight uh, somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on and let the people know where they can find you on social media. Okay. Uh, pretty easy. So if you're on Facebook, just type in Nick Newell or facebook.com slash Nick Newell MMA. Easy. But if you really want to talk to me, you really want to interact with me, um, I'm on my Twitter and I'm on my Instagram. Um, I don't know if the kids use Twitter anymore, <laughs> but my Twitter and my Instagram are both the same at Notorious Newell. All right. Appreciate it. And good luck to 31st. Okay. Thank you.